Well, hey, everybody, it's so good to uh, have this time with you, and thank you for joining in. Uh, I've got to tell you, I miss you guys. I miss seeing you. I miss talking to you and, and connecting with you. Uh, but I want you to know something. Destiny Church has not just been sitting still over the last, uh, what, three, four, five months that we've not been meeting. Uh, we've actually been uh, quite busy, and uh, many of you have been quite busy in the life of our church, and I just thought it would be great today uh, to just take a moment and tell you what we've been up to, because some of you may not have a clue, and, uh, and I hope to encourage you uh, to join in with us and, uh, and be part of this church in the middle of, of the coronavirus pandemic. So earlier this week, I sent you guys an email, and here's what I wrote. You may be wondering what Destiny Church has been up to over the last several months. We have not been meeting in person for church services for the last 22 weeks, and that's not going to change for a while. But church has not stopped. I should say, the church has not stopped. As we've said many times, the church is not a building. The church is also not a church service. The church is the body of Christ, people who follow Jesus. Somebody turned me on to a book recently written by Bob Goff, uh, and the, the book, is, book is entitled Everybody Always, and, and Bob Goff says this. He says, God doesn't want us to just study him like he's an academic project. Woo, <laughs> that's, that's uh, a sharp tongue. He wants us to become love. In other words, it's more than just reading uh, it's more than us just having a great church service, but it's us being the church. That's a mandate. And I want you to think about something. The church is alive all over the world, but in many places they cannot have church services. If you go to China or especially North Korea, there are no, there's nobody getting together and having big church services. They would be killed. And so the only thing that they can do is get in small groups, care for each other, and, and, and just minister to each other in love through these environments. And so um, we're, what we're experiencing right now is new to us, but it is not new to the body of Christ and to the church in general. And so I, I just want you to think this through a little bit because the church hasn't stopped. We haven't shut down. There are things that we all need to be doing. But before I tell you about what we've been doing, I need to tell you what is at the base of what we are doing and what we have discovered over the last 22 weeks. And I want to do this by reading a passage of Scripture. It's been one of my favorite stories of all time, something that Jesus did. But the inside of the story is, is the stuff, the, uh, the secret formula to, to being the church we're supposed to be. So you've heard the story most likely. Uh, Jesus left in a boat. He had just had this big, you know, meeting, and a lot of people, you know, were, were following him. Jesus left in a boat to a remote area to be alone. He just needed some downtime. But the crowds heard where he was headed and followed on foot from many towns. Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat and he had compassion on them and healed the sick. That evening, the disciples came to him and said, Jesus, this is a remote place. It's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy food for themselves. But Jesus said, that's not necessary. You feed them. 
And I love the next word the disciples said. But, <laughs> they were like, but how are we going to do that? How are we going to feed? And it ended up being almost 13,000, 14,000 people by, by the way they calculate. But we have only five loaves of bread and two fish. Bring them here, Jesus said. Then he told the people to sit down on the grass. Jesus took the five loaves and two fish, looked up toward heaven, and blessed them. Blessed who? Well, he blessed the fish and the bread. He did something that you couldn't see, but then you see it. Then, breaking the loaves into pieces, he gave the bread to the disciples who distributed it to the people. They all ate as much as they wanted. It was like golden corral at, on the lake. They ate as much as they wanted. And afterwards, the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftovers. There were about 5,000 men who were fed that day, in addition to all the women and children. Well, this is, um, this is an amazing story, but it, more than that, it's an amazing principle. There's a principle that I want you to understand because it's going to play a lot into your life if you let it, and it will change your life if you let it. It's, there's a principle that I call the small things principle. It's how God chooses to work. God doesn't choose to work through man's big stuff. Like, like we, you know, if we do something big or something great, that's good, but that's not how we think, or that's not how God works. He doesn't think that way. Sometimes we think that the smarter we are, the better we are, the bigger we are, the more we can do for God's kingdom. But God does not operate in that principle. He operates in the principle of the small things. Let me give you some examples out of Scripture. This is about Moses. In Exodus 4, verse 2, the Lord said to him, What do you have in your hand? What is that? And he said, it's a staff. And God showed him how to use a wooden stick to free the entire nation of Israel from Egypt. It was something small. Nobody expected this. In Judges chapter 15, verse 15, this is about Samson. It's, <laughs> Samson is, is fighting this huge, huge army of the Philistines. And the Lord... And, and, and it says that he, Samson, found a fresh jawbone of a donkey, so he reached out and took it and killed a thousand men with it. A jawbone of a donkey. I'd like to have one of those. Uh, in, in 1 Samuel 17, this is about David. You've heard the story many times. He took his stick in his hand and chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook and put them in a shepherd's bag, which he had, even in his pouch, and his sling was in his hand, and he approached the Philistine. Okay, so he got five stones. He really only needed one. I've never figured out why he got five. Maybe he was thinking he might miss, but the first stone killed Goliath, an amazing small thing story. First Kings 17, 12, Elijah and the widow. Here's a, here's a famine that's taking place in the land, and Elijah wants something to eat, and he asked this widow for something to eat, and she, but she said, as the Lord your God lives, I have no bread. 
only a handful of flour in the bowl and a little oil in the jar. And behold, I'm gathering a few sticks that I may go in and prepare a meal for me and my son so that we may eat it and die. The, the, the famine was so bad, this was their last meal. And Elijah was able to take that little bit of oil and little bit of flour and, and through the power of God's spirit, this woman and her son was supplied with everything they needed to live throughout the rest of the famine. Huge miracle, but it was just a little thing. I love the story of Gideon. You know, he's supposed to fight the Midianites, and he goes out and gets 22,000 people who want to fight, uh, what was it, 37,000 Midianites or something. And, and God just spoke to him and said, you have too many. And so through a process of elimination, it got down to 10,000. And then God said, no, that's too many. And then finally, they got down to 300 men fighting 37,000 Midianites. It is impossible. And yet God used this small group to do incredible things. God uses small numbers. He uses small people. You know, we always think he uses the most gifted and the most talented and the most whatever. That is not who he uses. He uses people who don't seem to have any of those things. It's, his, it's a principle. If you feel like you've been left out of stuff, that's only in your head and your heart because God wants to use you. He uses small gifts. He uses small moments, things that you might think, you know, they really didn't matter that much, but they become huge. He uses small acts of kindness, and that's where we come in. So I want to talk to you about some things we're doing, some small things that God has done plenty with. There's an organization here in Leesburg called Tree of Life. Uh, they were founded in Percival, and now they have uh, a ministry here in, in Leesburg. And we love the folks with Tree of Life. They're amazing people. And um, I'd just like for you to take a look at Tree of Life and what they do. And then I'm going to tell you a little about, a bit about what we're doing with Tree of Life. Let's take a look. Well, hey, good morning, Isabel. Thanks so much for joining me today. Good morning to you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So, um, you know, a lot of our folks from Destiny may have heard of Tree of Life Ministries before, but I'm sure that many sort of are unfamiliar. So why don't we start, I guess, what is your role with Tree of Life? What do you do? Okay. So my role is regional director for our Leesburg region specifically. And really my primary goal is to share throughout the Leesburg community what Tree of Life does, and what do we ultimately do for God's glory. So you said Leesburg location, where all does Tree of Life operate? Okay, that's a great question, Josiah. So we actually have in Percival, our, one of our main offices. That's where we started in Percival uh, well over a decade ago. And coming up this fall, it'll be four years that we have been working specifically in Leesburg as well and growing there. We do Tuesday night dinners at Crossroads Baptist Church, uh, which is not too far actually from Destiny. So that has been a key church that has been working with us to provide a space to do dinners there too. But I can say, thank the Lord, we are going to have brick and mortar in just a few months. At the end of September, early October, um, we are going to have a Tree of Life Center in Leesburg. 
right where the old Walmart used to be, right in that strip mall, right next to Sherman Williams, we will have a pantry specifically for our Leesburg folks. We will have office space there. And then we're also gonna have a coffee shop that's going to staff special need individuals. Amazing. Yes, that's we're so excited about that. So when do you hope to be in that space? We're hoping to be there by the end of September, early October. Okay. And I think we probably have some handy men who are listening. Do you need help getting that space ready? Absolutely. So I just want to let everybody know, don't underestimate the talents and the skills that the Lord has given each and every one of you. Please reach out to us and let us know what you would love to do because we're going to need lots of help to really get the word out that Tree of Life is in Leesburg. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, so you operate, you started in Percival over 10 years ago. You've been in Leesburg for four. You've been doing some ministry out of Crossroads Baptist. Now you're getting a brick and mortar, you know, storefront over by the old Walmart. So, um, which is incredible. What is the mission of Tree of Life? The mission, our bottom line is to share the love of Jesus Christ to the poor and needy in our communities. And whatever we do, whether it's delivering food to an individual, whether they come to us on a Tuesday in Leesburg or a Thursday in Percival for a hot meal, um, if it's job coaching, job readiness, uh, financial planning, is how do we weave in Jesus Christ in those conversations? How do we share the gospel with any single, every single person that actually comes to see us? That's incredible. I know that um, Pastor Greg, myself, Buddy Showalter, Brian Rensing, many of our people have sort of loosely been connected with Tree of Life um, for the past little bit, but here with COVID and everything sort of shifting how all of us do ministry, we are trying to get creative with being able to um, have more of a stronger connection into our community when it comes to outreach. And so we've been incredibly excited about the potential of forming more of an official partnership with Tree of Life and giving our people um, tangible, practical ways to be able to, to serve our community. So um, before we hang up uh, today, um, with our church, you know, watching this interview, what would you say to those people who are home on their couch, you know, right now, um, they're intrigued, they're interested, what would you tell those people? I would say if I could pick one quick answer to prayer is that we are looking for 300 backpacks to provide um, individuals, parents, and really children in Leesburg and in Percival so they can get ready for the school year. And even though many children are not going to be going physically back to a building, but doing school at home, we are going to still need to provide backpacks to these children because many of them may be spending many hours at the neighbor next door as a babysitter, or they may be living in an apartment with two or three other families. So it's very important to have something like that. So please feel free to visit our website. Um, Josiah Noah will probably be sharing information directly how to contact me. Please email me and reach out to me if you have any questions. So we would love to see if maybe each family or congregation can even provide us one backpack. That would be great to get us ready by the end of this month so we can share that with folks. But in addition to that is we are gonna need individuals like Brian and Jen that help us every Wednesday and Saturday with food deliveries to have individuals like them to come out and volunteer their time. It only takes about an hour on a Wednesday afternoon or a Saturday morning and you get to share Jesus. That's the really cool thing is that you're not just delivering food, 
but you're also being able to pray with those individuals and just love on folks. Amazing. Well, Isabel, thank you so much for taking a few moments to just share with our folks. Thank you for what you're doing, um, serving with Tree of Life here specifically in Leesburg. Um, I look forward for our church to getting to know Tree of Life and you um, much better here, uh, you know, as we continue in ministry together to reach our community. So thank you so much. Thank you very much. And God bless you all. God bless. Bye. Bye. So let me tell you what we're doing with Tree of Life, uh, this wonderful ministry. Um, we have made a decision to partner with Tree of Life uh, for an indefinite period of time, not just during COVID, but we're going to become uh, a, a connecting point with Tree of Life. Uh, they're going to become part of our ministry. Our ministry is going to become part of them. They are doing such a wonderful job in helping the marginalized people in our community that we decided, why would we reinvent the wheel? Let's get involved with them. Let's help them and, and minister to them and work with them so we can be involved with a group who really knows what, what they're doing. So uh, we are going to become partners with them. Uh, we are going to get involved in their food pantry. Some of our people are already doing this. They're, they're working to, to uh, get food ready. While we cannot do backpack buddies right now, we're taking all of our backpack buddy food and we're giving it to Tree of Life so that we can figure out how to uh, use that food before it goes bad. They're building some new space in Leesburg and they're putting in a coffee shop. We want to help them build that out. We want to help them uh, learn how to operate the coffee shop. We actually want to run our Backpack Buddies program with them so we can actually help more and more children. And so our Backpack Buddies team, you're going to have some folks to help you and, and bless you. We'll be able to do more with, with Backpack Buddies. Um, it, it's just amazing what we're going to be able to do that we've never been able to do before. And we're maximizing our giving so that we're putting money and effort and energy into the right place. So if you want to know how to get involved with us in this, I want you to, right underneath of the screen today, you're going to see a button that's called Outreach. And if you click on that button, it will take you to our website and show you several different ways that you can get involved. Um, one of the things that we need to do right now is provide backpacks with school supplies for children. And you might be saying, well, why do they need backpacks? Because they, they, they're not having school. It's all virtual. But we have so many children in these marginalized communities who are going to be going into pods where they get special help and special education uh, going to online because they don't have access to all of these things. And they need to have their own stuff, their own books, their own notepads, their own pencils. And so uh, on, the, on our website, you can go and, and, and buy backpacks, fill them up, or you can go to our Give tab and just look for Tree of Life Backpack Drive, and you'll be able to give financially so that we can help. That drive ends this coming Friday, so we really need you to engage and help with us. So that's the first thing that we are doing, we've been doing, and I'm excited about where that's going. The second thing kind of caught us by surprise. Um, I got an email from uh, Rachel De Garcia, Rachel Hale, uh, who married Nolo, and uh, they're in Guatemala, a place called The Blessing, and what a, what a great ministry they're doing. But Rachel just sent me this email and said, hey, we have a mom 
uh, who has several children, and she just got pushed out of her home. Uh, their, their home was, uh, the, the, the landlord just kicked them out, didn't want them in there any longer. And so they built a home out of a bunch of scrap. It's awful. And you can take a look at some of these pictures, but um, I want you to see what Rachel and Nolo are doing and how we're engaging with them. Take a look at this. Hi, Destiny Church. If you don't know me already, my name is Rachel Hilde Garcia, and my husband, Nolo, and I are Destiny Church Guatemala. I'm wearing a mask because in Guatemala, it is required by law if you leave your house to always wear a mask. In Matthew 25:40, Jesus says, whoever is doing this for the least of my brothers and sisters does it for me. And that's what Nolo and I are trying to do in the blessing. I have a story for you. There's a single mom of four that we know who used to rent a room in a house. The owner asked her to leave and she had nowhere to go. So the community came together and they found her a place of land and as much of this lamina as they could find to build a very rudimentary house. She has practically nothing, but on top of that, she decided to bring in a deaf teenager. He's been homeless his entire life, and she felt just wanting to bless this child, and so she brought him in. So Nolo and I want to bless her, and thankfully, because of Destiny Church, on Tuesday, we're going to be building her her house. We are both so excited to be able to do this. Um, we've gotten together with another Guatemalan who's going to help us, and we're going to build a two-bedroom house with this big old porch so that she's going to be able to have enough room to do everything that she needs. Nolo and I are so thankful for your blessing so that we can bless the blessing. Thank you guys so much, and we miss you. So here's what we're doing. We took $1,500 out of our benevolence fund and placed it in Rachel Nolo's mission fund, and we are paying to have a new house built. That's all it took was $1,500, and it's going to be a, a, a really, really nice house for this family. You did that. Your giving has provided for that. And we wanted you to know what you have done. This is amazing. Imagine, and hopefully we'll get some video of the house after it's completed. They're working on it now. Uh, and you'll get to see what we've done in the blessing. We've been a blessing now to the blessing. So those are a couple of nice things we've done. Tree of Life and helping uh, the folks in the blessing. But then we started messing around with some miracles. This is the, the loaves and fish kind of thing. Um, you may remember this. I guess it was mid-March. Uh, it was right after everything shut down. We couldn't have a church service. And almost the second week after, or actually midweek, after we closed our doors, uh, we, I came to you and said, hey, there is a need. And uh, the need was kids in a school in, in D.C. Uh, that are part of what's called the Children's Guild. And um, I'm on the board of, of directors for that, that, uh, that organization. And uh, there are a lot of children in the schools who are homeless. And the Guild has been housing them and feeding them. And the guild had to shut their school down completely. So no housing, no food, no schooling. So um, I, want to, uh, I want to read to you an email from Dr. Andrew Ross. He's the president and CEO 
of the Children's Guild, which is an $80 million nonprofit that was totally shut down. And um, I, want you to, I want you to hear what he says. He says, our DC charter school provides every student with free breakfast and lunch. At Mar Monarch Academy in Annapolis, 60% of our students qualify for free and reduced meals. These students depend on us to provide healthy, nutritious meals every day. When schools closed in March, that stopped. Overnight, these children were put at risk. Their families unable to meet their basic needs. We became aware of the threat to our students two weeks into the crisis when one of our National Children's Guild Fund board members, that, that was me, um, called our develop, development officer, Gary Kellner, and asked him how our kids in D.C. were doing. Gary said, I'll find out. After making some calls, Gary learned that many of the families in Washington and Annapolis were struggling to provide three healthy meals a day. The board member, again, me, reached out to friends and colleagues, you, <laughs> and, and, and this, is, this literally happened, uh, and, and we raised $8,000 in 24 hours. I got on a video, I posted the video, you guys sent in $8,000 within 24 hours. We sent it right away. Now, I thought that was what we were going to end up with, but within a week, we had received another $6,000, and Dr. Dr. Um, Ross talks about this. He said uh, within a week, they raised almost $6,000 more. So we sent $14,000 to the Children's Guild. He goes on. Within a few weeks, we started distributing food in Washington and Annapolis. I believe we have some pictures that you can see with all of this. Within two weeks, we were feeding 400 families a week. Local faith communities in both cities, D.C. and Annapolis, began partnering with us to help distribute food to our families and communities. So we gave the 14000 We got this started. It was, it was the bread and the fish thing, folks. It was we gave what we could. You guys responded in such an incredible way. But it just started things moving. It was one of those moments where, where Jesus just raised the $14,000 up and began to bless it. He goes on. This is unbelievable. In June, the Maryland Food Bank approved our Annapolis school as a distribution center. And that was because of what we started, what we got cranked up with the help of God with an initial commitment. Now listen to this. The, the, the Food Bank of Maryland approved this with an initial commitment of two tons of fresh produce every week. Two tons every week. Then the Maryland Food Bank gave us preliminary approval to become a permanent distribution center. When final approval is granted, Maryland Food Bank will deliver 300 family meals a week. Listen, folks, you did that. This is the fish and loaf story. There's something more valuable before I share that with you. I want you to know that right now there are 300 children in D.C. who are getting meals who are homeless, but they're being cared for, who are getting three meals a day. In Annapolis, there are 400 kids every day. You know, our, our $14,000 would have been gone in, in probably three or four days. It, it wasn't that much. 
but it got things cranked up. It was a move. It was a bread and fish deal that Jesus has blessed, and now it has turned into more food than they know what to do with. It is amazing. Here's the, here's the, the bigger thing. I serve on this board, and there are a couple of us who are Christ followers, but there's an entire school board and all of the officers of the school who are amazed at what you did and what has happened. And I can't go into detail about this, but there is a very prominent person in this organization who said, what is this Christianity all about? Folks, I, am, I, am, I can't begin to tell you what that meant to me just to hear that. And I've got friends on the board who are not believers, friends that I've had for many years, um, who are asking the same question. What just happened? Folks, you did that. I want you to understand you did that. But we're not done. <laughs> um, very interesting story. I, I won't go into detail about the story. But two things happened within uh, a week that let us know that there were people in Leesburg, just in the town of Leesburg, who were really struggling financially to pay their rent. Uh, some are documented people, others are not, and the ones who are not documented were exempt from being uh, kicked out of their apartments or kicked out of a house they were renting because they didn't have any kind of government protection. So. Uh, Brian Renzing in our church uh, contacted me and he said, Greg, we've got to do something. What can we do? And so we all tried to think, how can we get some money for rent relief? And we know that, you know, rent's expensive. And how does this all work? Uh, long story short, we, I sent you, a, a, I think it was another video or an email or something and just said, look, if you guys give uh, just our, our normal budgeted income, we're going to be able to take money that we're not spending and use for this. And as it turned out, we didn't quite reach that goal. But what we did do is we had about $7,800 in, um, in a mission fund that we couldn't use because COVID had shut this particular mission down. So we took that money. And we said, okay, we're going to give this to rent relief. We connected with Loudon Cares so that we had a good vetting process for every candidate for rent. And we said, look, we'll give up to $500 per family to help if you guys just vet these people and make sure that we can, you know, we'll just do our very best to get money to them until we run out. Well, um, it was amazing. We get to be the last gift in these uh, rent relief situations. So every, the, the county and all the, the welfare agencies and everybody gets to pitch in, but we pay the last amount up to $500. And so I just want to read a few little cases of people that we've helped here. Um, here's a family that has an eviction notice. Uh, mom is age 57 with two children. She lost her job and she is not qualified for unemployment benefits. We were able to give her $500. She was able to stay in her house. There's a lady whose job was cut to part-time. She cannot collect unemployment because she's working part-time. There are two people in the household. We gave them $500 so they could stay in their house. 
We have another lady, age 27, and there are two people in the household. They could not uh, qualify for unemployment. Again, we gave them the full $500. Everything else was covered. They're in their house. Here's a lady with a severe medical condition and needed to get into a Section 8 housing development, but she needed $500 to get in to qualify for the, the down payment for the Section 8 housing. We paid that. She was able to find a house to live in. Here's a family of five, not eligible for unemployment as they were all working part-time, and uh, we gave them $400. A single mom with three children, again, not eligible for unemployment, $450 we gave them. A young couple with a seven-year-old, both parents working, but big pay cut, we gave them $450. They were able to stay in their house. A single mom working at a car wash here in Leesburg has two children. We gave them $500 and they could stay in their house. Another young family of five, both parents working, but they were moved, their job was moved to part-time. We gave them the last $500 they needed to stay in their house. A young couple, both working, but their hours were cut. We gave them $417. Two young ladies caring for a father on dialysis. We were able to keep them in their house by paying a month's rent of $1,945. The list goes on and on. And, and the other thing that happened here is somebody gave us another $5,000 and we got a little bit more from benevolence. And so we were able to keep this going. One day, uh, our, our town mayor gave me a call and she says, Greg, we've got a family that, that really needs some help here. Can you help? We didn't even have to give them any money. We got them to the right places to get the help that they needed, and they got covered for three months of rent. And, and so just things like that have been working out. And, and so the way we funded this was through our benevolence fund and through this mission that, that we didn't need money for, but we saw an end to this. That we're running out of money, but we're not running out of people in need. And so... I, we were praying, you know, Lord, how, what can we do? What, what could happen? All of a sudden, the county came out with um, a grant opportunity, and we thought, well, we'll just, we'll just take a shot. Who knows what will happen? And, folks, last week we were given notification, and we now have the money. We were given $42,500 to be used for rent relief. You know where this is going? Fish and loaves. The, the, the small things. We started with what we had. It's all we had. It's a staff that was in our hand. And look what God did. $42,500 that we, we just had no way to get our hands on. I think we have enough money now. We, we should be able to get through the end of the year doing this. This is just a picture of what's been going on. I, I have a couple questions I want to ask you as we close today. What's in your hand? That's my first question. You, you think, what could I do? What could I possibly do to, to make this work? What, what, what could I do that's going to help anybody? Remember, God doesn't... In other words, we didn't have $42,500, right? We only had a few thousand dollars and we were running out of money. And... God blessed it. We, we didn't have um, all the, uh, you know, we, when I think about what happened with the children's group, we had $14,000. The, 
they are talking about millions of dollars now of food. But it took the 14000 to do it. It's the small things. What do you have in your hand? What is it that you could do? What small thing could you do that Jesus could bless? Here's the next question. What are you doing with what is in your hand? There's a part of this principle is, is this versus this. Do we close our hands and keep what we have? And, 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 and by the way, when we do that, we just stop the flow of blessing. You can't be blessed when your fists are like this. Well, we might have a need or we might, you know, we, I don't want to, you could just say all the things you want to. It's this, or is it opening up and allowing Jesus to work through your hands, through your heart and your mind and, and the few things, the small things that you might have. This is one that, this next question is one that I had to answer. What am I possibly not seeing? You know, when we're so consumed with our own stuff, and we live in the wealthiest county in the nation, we look around, well, who needs anything around here? And we don't see. We've got our blinders on. We've got this going on. And we are unable to see what, need, what needs actually exist. And I remember sitting on the back porch just a week or two after the COVID shutdown, and I was healing from back surgery, and I'm like, God, what, what do I need to see? What is it, as a church, what do we need to see? What is it that we're not seeing? Because I know right in front of us there are needs. I just need to know what they are. And it wasn't until we started moving, we started doing that we began to see this enormous ocean of need roll in front of us, whether it was the Children's Guild or the House in the Blessing or, or the Tree of Life needs or, or the, the rent relief. It just, I wasn't seeing it. But because we wanted to see it, God just opened our eyes and then we opened our hands. My final question, is your hand and your heart open or closed? Are you living a clenched fist life or an open-handed life? Is Jesus able to take what you have and lift it up to his Father and bless it? You can't do it like this, folks. It won't work. I truly am so proud of you. I am so thankful for you. I can't tell you how exciting it is that we've been able to do this because of you. You're the one who has given. You're the one who has been part of these things. And it is changing the world around us. For some of you, maybe you've just been overwhelmed by COVID. You've been overwhelmed by where you are and the situations you find yourself in. But I would challenge you to perhaps ask God to show you who is in need, to help you unclench your hands. And you might be surprised at what God does inside of you because of what he does through you. It will change your perspective on everything. And remember, 
Doesn't have to be something great. It probably needs to be something small, but you give it. Let me pray. Father, first of all, I thank you for this incredible report. I have been so excited just to be able to share what you are doing through Destiny Church. I pray that this would just be the beginning of who we're supposed to be. Yes, Lord, we'd love to come together and meet as a church again. We would love to worship together and see each other. But so much more important is the idea of us being the church. We do not need to have our services to be the church. We don't have to have our corporate worship to be the church. Your heart is for us to love, and especially those who are marginalized. And I pray that that would be our, the pounding thing inside of us during this time. And I pray, Lord, that as we take these things and we lift them up to you, that you would bless them and that you would grow us and you would bless others. And we'd begin to see exactly what you want to do in our lives. Lord, I pray for every person who's listening and watching uh, this service today, that you would just infuse them with your Holy Spirit and give them dreams and vision for what you want to do in and through them. And I pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.